Howdy, everyone. Welcome back to Coffee Break. Today is Friday, what, June 18th? I'm Carter, and I'm joined by Mrs. Wait, are we allowed to say your last name? A Mrs. Mrs. A, a Mrs. Newly- Garcia. Oh, we are. Okay, we're allowed to say it. Okay, good. Yeah. Welcome, Mrs. Garcia. <laughs> Thank you. I. I was so happy I got to see you, first of all, in person. It was awesome. We have a picture. If you guys didn't see it, there's a picture of Carter sitting right here. And somebody said it it was like the episode where they said it was like where Spider-Man and Batman are in the same universe (laughs) or something. I don't know. Step through a wormhole. (laughs) So good to get to see you. And uh, we took some time off. Missed you unsafe space, unpersons. Beverly says you sound far away. I am. I turned up my volume. Okay. So it should be better <clears throat> after I saw that. If it's but, your first time here, yeah. this is a live show. You came on a special day, but this is a live show that we do Mondays and Fridays called Cafefe Break on Unsafe Space. You can, if you like the show, you can hit like on the YouTube version. You can also go to unsafespace.com and find other places where you can listen if you don't want to listen on YouTube. And you can support us if you like the show and want to contribute financially, or you can just support us by checking out the videos and sharing them. And we also have a retreat coming up in August here in Texas. It's going to be our first ever retreat. You can get info at unsafespace.com. We also have a book club. We alternate between fiction and nonfiction. It is free to join our book club. We've been doing it for a couple years. We are this month. We're doing fiction. We're reading catch 22. And you can go to unsafespace.com to the book club page to find out how to join. If you want to be a part of that, it's free to join yep. and participate. And what else? And I got married this week. So we took some time off. <laughs> I've like, I've been kind of, I got, I started getting back into the news and reading about stuff that was going on yesterday, but I really, it was nice to take a few days and just take care of, things errands things we need to do went for a bike ride and stuff and uh i'm in such a good cheesy mood it's like carter i don't know what we're going to talk about why don't you just interview me about how i'm the happiest bear in the word in the woods (laughs) uh by the way someone's complaining about my mic i don't know what to do about it so we're gonna have to take care of it after the show so you know i left i was gone for a week and doing electronic equipment sits here um, what happens is it spontaneously changes all the configurations that you had when you, uh, when you left really? and now it sounds different. Anyway. Um, okay, all right. Oh, now my, now they're saying I sound fine. Okay, good. Yes. How was it to be married? Does it feel any different? Mrs. Garcia? Yeah, do you feel it does. different? It does feel different okay. because everything's different because You know, what's interesting is if you do things the old fashioned way, what people might say the square way or whatever, the traditional way, uh, I'm actually, I'm learning like I have with a lot of things that maybe traditions exist for a reason. Maybe they're good for you. So the first time I got married, we were already living together for 10 years or something we were living like a married couple. This is very different. So, you know, we're moving, we just moved in together or he moved in here. We're in the middle of moving to a big house. Like, um, you know, 
the other things are new ish. It's like, <laughs> <Nice. you> know, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the illusions, Carrie. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I mean, oh it's gosh. not just me, so. <laughs> my, okay, you know how we were running late to my wedding? Carter drove me. He was my, he drove me to the aisle. Uh, and we were running late because he that did. morning, my friends and I, Carter and I, and some friends and I were doing a lot of work. We were paint. Carter was painting a lattice. We painted a lattice. I was in the house mopping in this big old house. I did all the dishes, like a hundred plates and stuff and glasses that morning and was really just trying to get, we were trying to get everything in order for the wedding. And then we were running late. And so we all went to this hotel to take showers. And uh, are you still there? Now the sound's doing something weird. I turned my sound off because I'm mucking with the mic while you tell your story. Oh, okay. So, so, sorry, I'm like, is he leaving? Anyway, so we were running late. And while we were running late, the Anthony was a little bit nervous because I was, I ended up only being half an hour late, but we were coming, we were, we were coming back, this group of people. And he was trying to get the music set up with our preacher and everything. And he said, right in front of the preacher, one of my friends, my housemate came over and she, we were going to be staying at a hotel that night. And she she was like, "Do you need me to watch Tiger? Because I know you guys need to do the boom boom <laughs> in front of the preacher." <laughs> you know what she said? She actually talked to me about that afterwards okay. because she said they said no. I don't understand. <laughs> and I was like, "I don't understand that one either." I'm on your side. I don't know why they want a tiger with them, but you know, hey. But she said he said they were trying to figure out the music and the Spotify app and all this stuff, and the, the, he was already nervous, and the, and all the guests are waiting there, and the preacher's right there, and she said it again. She was like, "Are you sure? Because you guys need to do the boom boom." <laughs> He's like, "Please stop saying that." <laughs> <Get away. laughs> anyway, uh yes, Lawrence Popper, it was. But what? Uh, what says must have been a Californian. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was a Californian. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so funny. It's, oh, it's so funny. It's just one of those uncomfortable moments of, you know, life. So, mm. uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't know what else it's been, it's been good. It's been, I still am not used to being like, you know, at the beginning, you're, I said husband for the first time the other day. Yeah. That was cool. It was like looking for this coffee place that we, we had to run an errand. And anyway, this place had shut down and I'm, we were at the grocery store and I asked the ATB guy, I said, Oh, do you have, do you know where there's a coffee place around here? I'm waiting on my husband. <laughs> aka johnny cash just so that everyone knows carrie married johnny cash um he, he looked so handsome didn't he he looked such he looked like johnny cash yeah yeah he looked he looked great and uh and he's an excellent singer so yeah. they they misunderstood how to do entertainment at the wedding carrie and her husband thought that they needed to provide entertainment so he he was the band at his own wedding and it was awesome 
Yeah, and I and not in a self-aggrandizing way. He really no, he no, was, no. Was yeah, bad. he wasn't gonna perform actually, but then he had a lot of aunts who came, who drove a long distance and wanted to hear him play. So at the end, he did a couple songs. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't like one of those. Let me sing my vows to you, captive <laughs> audience. <laughs> no, no. <you> no. <laughs> People wanted him to play, and they were appreciative, and he played a little bit. Yeah. Captive audience, I love yeah. Anyway, no, it wasn't like yeah. that. It was good. I'm excited about what your house is going to look like uh, when it's your, it's your a, Carrie's new house is is a badass house. It's great. It's I yeah. I wanted. We took a lot of photos there. I can't wait for the photos to come back. And um, somebody, actual Justice Warrior Sean, he texted me. He said the because he's a filmmaker. He said your old house is so filmic. Like, yeah, it is. You could do a ghost story there. It, totally. it, it's a really old. You should do that before you fix it up, actually. Do a ghost yeah. story in your house now. Yeah. 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 So thanks for letting us have a bit of intermittent frivolity today and just catch up about real life things. Yeah. Also, I figured yeah. people in chat probably have, you know, they probably have stuff they want to talk about. And we haven't spoken to our chat audience in a while. So it's good to just. Mikey's in chat, by the way. Hey, oh, Mikey. Mikey. He says, I miss you guys. Best trip ever. Mikey, thank you so much for coming down. Yeah, it was cool. There are people, some people who traveled a long way. Mikey came in. You came in from California. One of my best friends from science and math high school. We've been friends 25 years. She came in from California. Uh, Lydia from Tim Pool's show came in. Uh, just a lot of people traveling. My parents. <laughs> People are like, <laughs> <laughs> Therese says, I'm dying laughing here. What? Was it about the boom boom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's get down to business. Well, we, we should right. do some unsafe space business before we get down to business in the world. Um, okay. Because I, let's just do some announcements. Uh, first of all, we probably should have said this at the outset. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, blah, 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 all that stuff. Go to unsafespace.com. Um, you can donate. You can buy shirts and stuff. I don't know. Um, but I have an, a retreat update. So I went through all of the retreat status stuff. And we have, as of right now, uh, and I, I put these in the inventory. So they might not have been on the website before, but they're on the website now. We have one couple's room left and two single beds left, one for each gender, because we have one room that's all females, another room that's all guys. What about the other genders? Right. Uh, you can message me if you're another gender. Um, at binary at unsafespace.com. Um, so yeah, if you want to do that, go to unsafespace.com. The retreat's there. I'm looking forward to it. I think a lot of people are looking forward to it. It's good. And you should get an email. If you've already signed up, I know we owe you communications. I was hoping to get that out yesterday. Hopefully, I'll get it out today. So that's the deal. Um, what's the other thing? Book club. Next book club is July, July 11th. It's Catch-22 by Joseph Heller, which I've never read. Um, Me either. And then the next one after that is the Anarchist Handbook, which is August 15th, um, which I'd like to say is written by Michael Malice, but it's not. It's compiled by Michael Malice, I hear, and it's, it's a bunch of other people's writings. Um, so that's the one after that. 
And then I don't remember the one after that. Wait, but that's it's not the, either. the, oh, in college I had the anarchist, anarchist cookbook. cookbook. That's different. And I kind of wish it was that one, but this is more, I think this is more intellectual than, uh, how to make thermite from rust and aluminum. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Um, but we could do, we could have a separate conversation about how to make thermite later if anyone's interested. So I think that's all of the. Also, this coming I think week, all the Carter and I and Keith the Hack Guy, one of our mods, oh, we are yeah. all going to be speaking at Porkfest in New Hampshire. It is a big libertarian kind of festival. We're speaking about different things. Uh, I'm just doing telling the story of leaving social justice. And Carter's doing a talk about pot, I think. And I'm doing two things, I think. I think I'm doing a talk about the cannabis industry, and I think I'm doing a Shark Tank-like thing. So cool. I yell at people, um, which is one of my favorite pastimes. So you guys can get info if you're in that New Hampshire area, or if you want to travel up there. It's a week-long thing, and it's Pork Fest with a C, P-O-R-C, Fest, like porcupine. We should explain what that is, because everyone who hears it is like, is it about bacon? I think it's about, it sounds like barbecue. Like, it sounds really yummy. Right. Right. It's not. It's it's PRC because of porcupine, which if you don't know what a porcupine uh, is politically, porcupine is the Libertarian Party's thing. So there's the the Democrats have their donkey, the uh, Republicans have their elephant and the Libertarians in in, I guess, quintessential Libertarian why style it, is chose it, a porcupine for is that who knows what. If you because if you get too close to me, I'll stick you. Is I that guess it? it's like yes, stay it's away. leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah leave me alone, animal. <laughs> uh, it's very inviting. The Libertarian Party party is very in- inviting. Uh, leave me alone. So it's fine. I get that, but that's that's the thing, and that's next week. All right. Is if there's anything people specifically want to talk about, please let us know in chat because. Um, I well, don't have lots of agenda items, but I do have a few things. I have so, a few things. I have a few. Let me send you. Well, do you want to do you want to mention that now today is officially being celebrated as a new federal holiday? I guess the federal holiday is technically tomorrow, but today is technically the the celebration of Juneteenth. Biden and Harris, uh, and I guess I guess I don't did Congress have to approve it? I think so. Uh, approved a new national holiday. Um. Dion, by the way, says the porcupine represents open carry. That I can get, I can get down with that one, Dion. That's a good representation. Um, so anyway, June yeah, June, Juneteenth, which uh, I don't really, I mean, I don't really care about national holidays, but the only thing I, the only problem I have with it, I think it's fine. I don't like the official name Biden gave it. He, It's like Juneteenth National Independence Day, which seems like it's intentionally trying to undermine we have something called Independence Day. For those of you in America who don't remember what the 4th of July actually is, that's our Independence Day. I don't know why you would name it Juneteenth National Independence Day, but that's the official title. And that seems a little bit odd to me. It seems like, you know, Emancipation Day would be a good name, or if you just want to call it Juneteenth or... Emancipation Day, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, that would all be good. Um, I'm not... I'm not really down with the name, and I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I think I the name is I didn't intentional. Know, 
Yeah, I didn't know he named it that. That turns my gut the wrong way. It, it, yeah, just call it Emancipation Day. It sounds like you're purposefully trying to segregate our independent. So there's two Independence Days now, and they're segregated or something. They're like right. So you can marked, ditch like, the real one, yeah, because because America is horrible and founded on blah blah blah, and this is the new independent. Like it seems like an intentional usurpation yeah. of actual Independence Day, which sucks because I actually think. Hey, Juneteenth is a better thing to celebrate than Lincoln's birthday and other crap that we celebrate. So, like, I'm not, I'm not like opposed to saying like, hey, let's commemorate the end of slavery. That's a big deal. Um, but naming it that is a little suspect to me. So, yeah, who knows? Okay, so I sent you something. <laughs> John Small says July Fourth is White Supremacy Independence Day. Well, that's what's <laughs> implied, right, John? That's what's implied. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, kind of. That's what they're trying to say. Uh, all right, you sent me something. What did you uh, okay. a video. Yeah, we're going to watch this video. Okay, this is compiled watch. by my friend. So it's we won't get Dean for watching this because it's a compilation of lots of different videos. And just get ready to be... Well, it's also not YouTube. You don't get dinged for Twitter. Videos. Right. Get ready to be entertained and also inspired to make a certain medical choice. <laughs> oh my god i'm sorry i'm just looking at the still image at the beginning carrie uh yeah i'm i apologize in advance all right here we go <clears throat> drum roll for those of you watching yeah uh, the words vaccinate vaccinate are on screen right now and people are standing there in rain in black shirts with rainbow colored that's say proud. proud. Mm -hmm. Here we go. When we poke you, well, we know you're going to be, you're going to be safe from COVID infecting you. No lockdowns anymore. For months I have been waiting for this day. Hey, look, it's the, it's the resistance singing about Pfizer. Look at that. <laughs> look at that. Anthony Fauci. Will this end? I yeah. mean, <gasps> <laughs> that's me. That's my reaction. <laughs> oh, captured my sentiments exactly on that one. Damn. Wait, is there more? Should I keep going? Or that's it. Wow. Um, wow. You guys, by the way, you should follow, if you like that little compilation of the propaganda there, you should follow Lofty Pixels on Twitter, L-O-F-T-I Pixels. He's the editor for The Quartering. Um, met him at a, at a conference. Really talented. And I like, I like the ending because that's also my, like, 
it, that's the normal reaction, right? Because this is all creepy as F. It's yeah. creepy. I mean, it's, what? I it's have propaganda. no words other than I want a divorce. <laughs> I mean, not from my wife, just from everyone else. And I, I mean, uh, what do you say to that? Uh, here's what I. This couldn't be thing. a bigger parody of itself. Yeah, here's one thing I was saying. Speaking of parody, it's so creepy and it's obvious propaganda. But to the people who like this stuff, I guess, to the brainwashed masses, it's not. And I was wondering, okay, so if there were a movie, if you were to make a movie about the current times that we find ourselves in, and but you were to make it fiction, right? Could they and and you you portrayed this pretty much accurate. You didn't change very much at all. You portrayed this accurately, and you showed all these different actors and influencers and stuff doing this kind of propaganda, late night hosts and everything. And you showed that on screen for the dystopia and the the dark, just weird uh, messaging that it is or manipulation that it is. Could they see it if it were in a movie? If they if they were, I think into they it would thinking, think it's no. I, I don't. I think it? they would. Well, I think they. If it was in a movie and not about, if it was detached from their political agenda and COVID, and it was in a movie, I think they would say, uh, "I get it, but that's over the top. No one would be that ridiculous." Like I think they would, like justly criticize it, but they can't but see they, it because it's they their thing. They can't see it because it's their thing. Yeah, but they could see yeah. it in a movie because they would say, "Oh, this I is. So. Oh, that's awful." And I bet they would watch it in a movie and say, "Oh, I would see right through that. Why are all these people going along with that?" But they don't see through it at all. They're in the movie and they don't see through it. It's amazing. Well, I just let me read this real quick because I yeah yeah I want to say hi to him. Westy Forty, hello, gave us a fifty dollars super chat. Thank you, sir, and says congrats on the wedding, Carrie, and congrats to both of you on the growth of your channel. By the way, this is Mike. Hi, Mike. I recognize you, aka oh, Mike, hey, Mike for Liberty yeah. CA with a new Twitter name, T Soul. For Prez. Oh, that's a good <laughs> <laughs> had to remove What are you saying the word, there with your Twitter name? <laughs> had to remove the word liberty because that word is offensive. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I believe that uh, word is now synonymous with white supremacy. So well, get rid of the word liberty. Well, welcome, Mike. Uh, I know I know who you are from Twitter. Um, I, I, while I was in Texas, by the way, at your wedding, I told you this, um, but it continued after I didn't see you. Um, I did a random survey of Texans, um, and granted, it was a it was a sample set that was biased towards Carrie's wedding attendees. So, but you know, I asked an old lady on the street and some other random people, some people at your church. Um, I would just ask them about secession. I just like, like I literally just said, "What do you think about secession?" Uh, and only one of all the people I I asked like a couple dozen people, only one of them said. I don't think so. Everyone else was like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> Including this little, little old lady who, like, stopped outside your wedding, and I was talking to her, and she was like, you should come from California. And I said, well, I don't know. Are you going to secede? She's like, uh-huh. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Is she just walking by the wedding? Just a random? She was driving by, and she was wondering what was happening at the library, because uh, she thought that there was an event at the library, which is next uh, okay. to Carrie's new house. Uh, so I had to explain the wedding, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you can't, <clears throat> you can't, um, you can't 
you can't live with these people. And, you know, I know I've said this before, but the vast majority of people in the country that, and we'll just call them NPCs for lack of a better word, the people who kind of get programmed by the mainstream and go around regurgitating that programming without really stopping to think about anything at all, right? The, the kind of people who watch Stephen Colbert sing Moderna, Pfizer, and sing along and like it, right? Those those kind of people. Um, those are a large percentage of any population anywhere. America's not different. Um, and those people have historically been completely irrelevant in every major political event. They're just irrelevant. They don't matter. Um, it's always the elites that matter. It's always the people who have... Um, it's the, it's the liberal elites at the top of society that claim to represent them that do the overthrowing of governments. The same with the French Revolution, Russian Revolution, all that was true. It's, the, it's that liberal elite class, it's the bourgeois that claim to represent the proletariat and do things in their name, but it's not the masses that actually do it. It just isn't. Um, and so I don't know that it's necessary to necess- like convince them, they just kind of go along with whatever. What is necessary is to separate yourself from the the establishment. Like there needs to be an alternate establishment, which is why secession is a good idea. There needs to be alternate establishment so that people who would rather resonate with something else will, will go that direction. There needs to be something, there needs to be an alternative because normies aren't going to look at this and with a critical eye at all. They're not gonna watch Stephen Colbert and question why he's singing the name, like why he's singing pharmaceutical companies' pharmaceutical names. Pharmaceutical company names, so right? Weird. They're, they're not, not going to question. They're just they're locked in already. Yeah. Um, I just saw Mickey the Fourth, who just showed up in chat and said, "Hello, I come once again, and what do I see? Video so violently stupid that I have to consider charges of assault against you." <laughs> <laughs> what the heck was that? Uh, thank you, Mickey, for the super chat. That was Mickey. that was not our video. That we were just watching some entertaining propaganda about a certain shot. Uh, Johnny Boy Quickdraw says, "If you want a palate cleanser after that horrible video, play John Stewart's recent appearance on Colbert. He skewered COVID stupidity and mocked late night comedians at the same time. Wow, oh, wow. that's surprising. I didn't hear that. Nice." I didn't know that. And then Adam Coleman. Thank you, Adam. Adam. We're, Adam's book. I'm just going to plug his book again. We haven't gotten a chance to read it. But Carter was just here. And I gave him his copy back. Because he'd accidentally mailed me both copies. <laughs> uh, Adam Coleman wrote from uh, uh, Black Victim to Black Victor. And anyway, hello, Adam. He says, eight months ago, these same people were saying that they would not trust the vaccine because of Big T. Now they are bowing yep. to the vaccine as society's savior. Yeah, and can we specifically point out that one of the creepiest parts of that video, the the worshipfulness around Dr. Fauci, they had Fauci's, for anybody who was just listening at home and not watching, they had a bunch of dancers unfurl a big sheet with Fauci's face painted on it, like a big parachute-sized sheet, and then they danced around him while James Corden and that singer Ariana Grande, Grande. Oh, is that who those Grande. were? I don't know who those people are. I barely know. They were famous uh, people? She's got a name that's like a Starbucks drink. Anyway, they they were they're famous. I know him. He's a late night show host. Um, but they then they sang praise 
it's, it was like a church song. It was like singing praise to God, but they're singing it to Fauci. It's so weird. <laughs> I mean, uh, this, what, what are you laughing at? Think, I just, How is it not obvious that this is a cult? They literally have a leader. Um, anyway, yeah, the Fauci, the Fauci thing is is ridiculous. And you know what they're also Foucho doing? Fauci marks. Um, so yeah, they they opposed. If you'll recall, they opposed all the vaccine stuff because the big T was in charge, right? Um, but now I actually saw an article. Where was it? I don't remember. It might have been the Wall Street Journal or something. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But I saw an article about how now there's a growing number of, I guess, mainstream acceptable scientists, because there's been scientists saying this kind of stuff all along. But now there's a growing number of mainstream acceptable scientists who are saying, hey, you know, uh, maybe kids shouldn't get the vaccine as a priority because you know, cost benefit analysis. And the article I was reading actually yeah. even said, well, they have a yeah. more nuanced view. And it's like, why are we suddenly listening to a nuanced view on this when we haven't been for a while? And I was, try I was trying to think about that because like, if you had said the same thing six months ago, you're not allowed to have a nuanced view about it. Three months ago, even two weeks ago, it no. seems like. Nuanced no. views are not allowed, but now no. a nuanced view is allowed. And I think maybe what happens they said is, the same thing about lockdowns. Right. I think maybe what happens is once they feel like their political goals are achieved, they need to step back from the craziness so that history records them as being more nuanced and like the, the crazy thing isn't yeah. the like they're going to say an, an absolutely crazy thing. You can't argue with it. They foist it on you. They push the political agenda out. People comply. You've got your stupid videos being made, holding Fauci's picture up and like singing hymns to COVID or whatever vaccines. And and then once it's kind of like indoctrinated people and the programming has gone out now, since people like are programmed, now you can bring in the nuance because the programming phase is over. You got to be really tough during the programming phase and allow no questioning. But once they're programmed and they're, they've got the jabs, then you can start allowing some nuance. And that makes you look better in history because in the future, if anyone says, well, you weren't allowed to talk about it, people will point to this article and the difference of a few months is not going to make a big difference. People are, well, here's this article saying the nuance, and blah, 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 you know. Did Carrie just disappear? Uh, yes, she did. She disappeared. By the way, I have a new item to, I'll, while we're waiting for Carrie to come back, I'll show you the new item on the shelf behind me. This is the Booty Sweat Energy Drink. If anyone can tell me where it came from, uh, you get a free, I don't know what you get, free something. Uh, here's Carrie. She's back. You froze up. I didn't know what happened to you. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that you're right. I think they want to be recorded as being more nuanced than they actually were. And this is also why they're going back and changing headlines from a year ago secretly, right. just like Winston Smith in 1984. The Washington Post is going back and editing headlines so they can present themselves in a different light than what they actually said. So now that they're all... Remember all these things we said, hey, maybe Q 
kids shouldn't be taking the vaccine. Hey, maybe we shouldn't be. Damn it. Uh, now we, we heard damn it. That's kind of funny. All we heard was a long silence and then damn it. The curses <laughs> come through the internet, but nothing else. Well, no, I, well, I think just remind think people the, what they they did recently when they changed that headline about the Wuhan. So they were saying there, that right. there's no way a year ago, there's a no way that the COVID came from a lab from the Wuhan lab. No way at all. And you've got to be a crazy conspiracy theorist to believe that. Yep. But now now they're saying. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe we need an investigation now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I And they've done it. They did it with the lab thing. They've done it with the vaccines, as we just talked about generally. They're doing it with vaccines for for children. Um, they're, they've done it. You mentioned earlier. They've done it with the mask mandate stuff. Um, and so it's always like over the top. Don't question. Then you get programmed then we rewrite history and make ourselves sound normal. And sometimes literally rewriting history, as Carrie's pointing out, like changing, literally changing headlines in in newspapers. So, <sighs> all right, let's do some super chats. Let's do that while, while we're here. Because I think we got most of them, but we're missing a few. Um, I'll fight you naked, says, Annie Oakley replaced Carrie. No! She does kind of look like Annie Oakley. Do you have a revolver on your hip? Can you show not us a, the revolver? Not on, on my hip, no. 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 Not a, oh, excuse me. In your boot? Some... Where's the revolver? <laughs> uh, we, I don't know why internet's laggy today. Uh, Christopher Corey says, great to see all of you back. Carter looking dapper and Carrie happy. Thoughts on Ivory Hecker. I'm in Houston also and admire her quite a bit. I don't know who she is. Do you know who Ivory Hecker is, Carrie? No, we don't assume that we're always caught up to date on the latest news. Uh, <laughs> hi, Christopher, by the way. I looked her up and I don't have time to read about her or give an opinion today. I think it would be a waste of everybody else's time too for us to try to. So we will look her up for a future show though. Um, Mickey the fourth says, have you covered the hilarious happenings with the Libertarian Party from New Hampshire recently. Mises Caucus doing some real funny stuff there. Mises. 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 Or Mises. No. <laughs> no. Not, not more Mises. <laughs> Sorry, that's it would my be me like it, it, That's like me reading the Bible and saying, and Jesus spoke. And you're going, no, it's not Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Every time I read, every time you should know, I always read that Mises in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the Midas, Midas touch. I know it's not the same. Go ahead. Anyway, I, I don't know what they're doing there. Do you? No, I have no idea. Yeah. Sorry. So, those who don't know, the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire is. Um, the Venn diagram of the Libertarian Party and the Free State Project is, is almost completely overlapping. So New Hampshire is the place where the Libertarian Free State Project people moved in order to convert the state Libertarian. So um, there's a lot of like, there's actually, I think, often a lot of political progress that you wouldn't expect happening in New, New Hampshire in terms of getting like smaller government people 
in office. And my understanding of New Hampshire, and one of the reasons it was chosen is, I think the legislature is huge. I think there's like, you, like lots of tiny, tiny districts. So it's relatively easy to get, you know, you got small pockets where you can get people elected. Um, but I don't know what's going on recently. Well, apparently all I know is there's been a firestorm online and uh, yeah, somebody says, he, she, she, who shall not be named, did a bunch of videos about it, but she has reverted to an SJW bully just from the other direction. Yeah, all I heard was that there was a troublemaker, a well-known troublemaker, inserting herself in the middle of some kind of online drama. And I said, I don't want to read anything about that. So I don't know anything about oh, it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I Firestorm. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of avoiding drama. Drama. So. Let Avoid Freedom Ring America says, hi, all. Been a while. Carrie, I love the hat. Thank you. Uh, this was a wedding gift from one of my oldest friends, and it's such a nice hat. Uh, I, I had my eye on this hat for months, months, and my friend said, I'm getting that for you. It was, it was really generous. Anyway, Carrie, I love the hat. I'm sending Carter a top hat so he doesn't feel left out. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys, and keep up the good work. Carter thank, would look good you. in a top hat. Would I though? I think so. I think I think men in general look good in hats. The gay rascal, thank you, says dancing around Fauci like the golden calf. Yes, like the Tower of yep. Babel, the golden calf. Yes, it's creepy, well, those are right? Two different things, but yes. Yeah, two. Th I know, but I'm just yeah. saying it's gross. <laughs> Mickey the Fourth yeah. says essentially Mises. I had to stop myself from mispronouncing. All right. You got it. I really want to say Mises. Essentially, the Mises caucus went extremely spicy with some tweets like legalized child labor or Fauci to Gitmo. And the, <laughs> esta the establishment tried to overtake the party through hostile takeover, and the Mises caucus won. Okay. Awesome. I love the Mises caucus. And if you're part of the Mises caucus and happen to watch the show, please come on the show. Uh, I, I, the Mises caucus is awesome. So, um, that's great. By the way, I love, I'm so frustrated that child labor is not legal. And I mean this seriously, I'm really frustrated by it because my daughter is 12 and she spends a lot of time at the stables and would totally be able to hold down a job doing stuff. And it would be great for her to like work a few hours and, um, make a little bit of money. It would be a good learning experience. But as far as I know, even with parental, parental permission, that's not really a thing and everyone's afraid to, to do anything. So it's, it sucks. Christopher uh, Gorey says, more okay. and more, I get the impression that Fauci had dreams of becoming the male medical version of Judge Judy, delusions of stardom. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you know. Th the male the medical version of Judge Judy? <laughs> Yeah, but no, because she's cooler than Fauci, isn't she? Uh, no, here's the thing, though. I hear what you're saying, Christopher Gorey. I think that, I think that, a lot of what you see when somebody is is off, they're off, they're not operating in a good way in the world. Th that sometimes the root explanation for what's off with them is just mundane narcissism. It's just narcissism, like a. A, a, a deviant personality, a, 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 you know, disordered personality. And I think he appears to be 
I wouldn't have made this judgment about him until that recent clip where he said, if you disagree with the science, if you disagree with me, you disagree with the science that belies narcissism. There's narcissism there. In my opinion. Yeah, I, no, I, I don't necessarily disagree. Although I do think that narcissistic traits can be cultivated. Um, yeah. And so he might not have been as narcissistic early. Clearly he's ambitious because he had achieved some status in his career. But, um, you know, I, I think we've all probably met or been around people who went from like nothing to a, some kind of level of notoriety, even in a small field, like a small, you know, if you're a biologist, maybe they became really good. Like I've certainly known people, um, like that. And they, I think it can exaggerate any tendency for narcissism because they start to be told it's the same thing that stars like when they surround yeah. themselves with yes men they just start to think yes. that they're awesome and everything they have to say is awesome and maybe they wouldn't have been that narcissistic if they were a normal person working at an auto body shop but they're a star in hollywood and so everyone fawns over them and like imagine being fauci and seeing videos where people are worshiping you like the golden calf yeah you have to have a pretty strong moral sense to be like, I'm not awesome. Stop worshiping. Yes. Me. Like, like, uh, uh, I don't like that. I I'm not, I'm not science. I'm not, it gets, I think it's much easier to just be like, this feels kind of good. And maybe he was, yeah, felt undervalued most of his life or whatever. And like, maybe he's like, oh, yes. finally people are appreciating me. This is great. Um, it's uh, I, I saw this up close and personal working in entertainment. I saw sure people who, oh yeah. oh yeah, if you, if they didn't have a good grounding beforehand, it was very easy for them, like a drug to get taken in by fame and by, you said, yes, men and ass kissers. Mm -hmm. Cause then every, then you have all these nasty little feeders who come trying to feed at fame cause you have it and they're, uh, and they're there next to you. Like, what can I do for you? What can they want to be in your, they want to be in your coterie. They want to be part of that, you know, and so they'll say and do anything and and validate toxic behaviors and narcissistic behaviors and abusive behaviors because they want to be in that association with you. It's gross. And pe lots of people fall prey to that and they start to drink their own Kool-Aid. I think. Yeah, I think that yeah. somebody who did not fall prey to it was Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle okay. was, I think grounded either grounded beforehand or grounded enough that when it became so big he he did what he left he went to a farm in ohio with his family he left walked away from a three million dollar contract and at the time i remember the cathedral i didn't think of it that way then and i was plugged into a lot of it but i remember they all criticized him and attacked him the establishment they were calling they said he went crazy and it, even though i was actually it's crazy to not want our love right even though I was an SJW then, I was I was connected enough to the truth of some things that I knew that that was wrong. And I, I didn't understand why they were attacking him. It seemed obvious to me that he was trying to hang on to meaning and grounding. And they're, yeah. but, but to them, it is crazy because all that matters to them is fame and money. Right. So, right. yeah. He's not playing the game. Yeah. It's um, like, what? And they're relying on that. They don't understand yeah. somebody who would walk away from fame and money. They don't get it because they it's right. it is everything to them. Right. Well, and it and it it forces them to confront the fact that maybe it's not everything. 
right? And they don't want to confront that fact. Yeah, that so, it's worthless. Um, it's yeah, worth they don't. What is uh, that's, that's a big fact. If you've been focusing on that your whole life, and then someone who has it is like, eh, you, it's 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 like it's like the guy who doesn't drink anymore when you're a drinker. It's like, well, I don't want to like screw you. Come on and have a drink with me. Like, why are you doing yeah. this thing? Um, yeah. So yeah. It's like Paul. Uh, there's a Bible verse I'm thinking of where he talks about how it's like dung, all of that stuff, all of that worldly stuff, dung. Anyway, I'm in a mood today, Carter. <laughs> Sorry. You're like, don't yell dung at me. <laughs> That's the Christian word for shit, right? I just want to be. Yes. Clear. Okay. Um, Former word for shit. I'm just translating. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm reminded of, uh, I think it was Tony Shea, who, uh, remember him from uh, Zappos? He was the founder of Zappos. Oh, and okay. he, he went, like, he surrounded himself with Yes Men. He started paying people to, he basically paid people to hang out with him. Like, all his inner circle were people that were employed by him. So they were all not wanting to, you know, say anything. And he started doing a lot of drugs and being super unhealthy. And I think it was Jewel or some like random singer he was friends with that like couldn't like I don't think anyone could call him. She had to send him like a FedEx that was and and it was a letter that was like, dude, everyone around you is a yes man. Like, stop. I'm not sure it was Jewel, but I think it was something like that. And like he didn't. And, you know, eventually the guy died. Like, I don't know. I don't remember exactly how wow. it was a I fire thing, but I think that, I think it was involved. I think there was some sort of craziness involved with the, and then a fire and then he died. Right. Um, so, but I think that's common. So Fauci, think about Fauci. Everyone around him is like Fauci, Fauci. Right. Yeah. No, no one is saying, you know, Hey, you lied a lot and you're kind of a little prick. I'll say that to you. If you want to fly me out there, Fauci, I'll have a one-on-one. -on -one. I will list your faults. Um, all right. <laughs> Let's do some more Super Chats. Chris Scar says, the Mises Caucus chads are greater than normie libertarians. Yeah, absolutely. Normie libertarians are actually not any better than normie anything else's. Um, so <laughs> it, is what it is what it is. Uh, Mickey the Fourth says, uh, their by far best tweet was, did you know that white people established and maintain systemic taxation? Fighting racism starts with fighting the IRS. Yes. <laughs> See, I love them. <laughs> the Mises caucus, huh? Yeah. They're the bad. Uh, the gay rascal says Fauci's grift goes way back to the AIDS crisis. Yes. I've heard that. I've heard that from several people. I need to read more about that. Mm. I have too, but I don't know how. I, I just yeah, heard it. Laura Hagan says, Fauci is working with pharmaceutical companies to develop a prophylactic, going on record to say it's <laughs> ivermectin reworked so it can be patented. Money! Good be, Laura. That would not be surprising. Um, they'll, they'll add a, I don't know. They'll add a little OH group to ivermectin or however, I don't know, my biology or my chemistry. They'll mm -hmm. add something innocuous to ivermectin, and that'll be the new thing. Zero Red Fox says, it's so nice to see Carrie happy. It is, isn't it? Aww. 
Um, did you guys see Brett Weinstein interviews that YouTube then removed? He discussed them on Trigonometry True. I haven't been watching Brett Weinstein. I know he's been doing some good work. I've caught like glimpses of his work on the COVID stuff, and I know he's been doing good work there, but I haven't been following him. I don't know what, do you know what they removed specifically? I think it might've been the, the Geert Vandenbosch interview. I'm not sure exactly, but I okay. think that's the one. Yeah, I know they're, they're starting to sit. I mean, they, they, they're really tightening the screws and, and something about this, by the way, uh, I had a friend who's sometimes in chat. Maybe we'll see her today. Tatiana who sent me this article and encouraged me to get off of Facebook. And I understand where I understand that impetus and I understand people who are getting off of Facebook, but I'm not going, I'm not going to just because I think it's important to have people there pushing back until the very end. I won't go off. I will not go underground until the bastards force me to. So, um, but, but they are tightening the screws. I have friends who contacted me and said, Facebook is now censoring their private messages. I guess this has been happening for a while. It's not letting you send certain things in private message on Facebook. They're censoring the fact checker pops up and says, they're not going to let you message that to someone. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just sent you and Bev an article. This is the article that Tatiana sent me. It's a Breitbart article. And if you're on the left and you're watching this, uh, don't let that scare you. You're an adult. You can still read something and that's a, that tells you it has a right-wing point of view and you can discern the facts from opinion. The headline is Biden administration asks Americans to report, quote, potentially radicalized friends. And oh, family. that's hilarious. I have the same article from American Greatness sitting right here. That's what I was going to talk about next. So it's the same oh, thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's go through it. Yeah. This is, yeah. I mean, this is, a, we are, we're not gearing up to, I think sometimes we, we tend to think about, or I have sometimes like, oh, we're gearing up to enter this dystopia. No, no, no. We're already in the dystopia. We're already in the authoritarian dystopia. We're in it. Um, so here's the article. President Joe Biden's administration announced their plans to create ways for Americans to report radicalized friends and family to the government in an effort to fight domestic terrorism. In a conversation with reporters, one senior administration official explained the importance of stopping politically fueled violence before it started. Quote, we will work to improve public awareness of federal re resources to address concerning or threatening behavior before violence occurs, end quote. The official said the official cited the Department of Homeland Security's if you see something, say something campaign to help stop radical Islamic terror as a domestic possibility. So they're taking that and they're now applying it to Americans who are what? What do they mean when they say radicalized? Well, if you keep reading, you'll see that I think they mean conservatives. <laughs> like, tell you, can you tell me what you read in this? Uh I mean, we already know what they mean by that. Um, to them, anyone who's not in line with radical leftist ideology is um, is the crazy person. They're the yeah. radicalized. They're the domestic terrorist. I mean, this is this is straight out of uh, well, it's straight out of a lot of things. It's straight out of uh, Germany in the nineteen thirties where kids reported on their parents for saying things that were wrong think um, 
that were, you know, not praising the regime. It's straight out of China from not that long ago, where people were hauled in, in fact, probably still are sometimes, hauled in and asked about, uh, you know, their family member said they said X, Y, and Z against the Chinese government or whatever. Um, it's the same as the Stasi, the East German Stasi, um, constantly reporting on people. This is a... This is such an obvious tool of authoritarianism that if you don't see this, mm -hmm. I, I, there's no arguments for you. Like you're not, you're not relevant. <laughs> you're like, you're not, I, if you don't see this, you're just blind. There's, there's no, you're part of the problem. You're one of the people that's going to pull the trigger when they tell you to go. When they tell you to. People. Like you're, yeah. you're one of the quote ordinary men in that book, right? You're going to go obey. You're going to join the, the, the Hitler youth, or you're going to join, you're going to go do the stuff that they ask you to, because you're the, the mindless normie who's just going along with it. And you don't see anything wrong with this. Uh, this is why another reason we need secession. We got to get out of this. We got to get out of this. We need to be in a place where it is not allowed. <laughs> this is not encouraged. The government won't listen. If your friends or your family comes and says, Kerry said some bad things about blah, blah, blah. You need, a, you need a government that's like, there's not even an office to hear that complaint. Go away. Right? Like Go away. <laughs> so they, do you guys remember after January 6th, we read these articles on air. We read the headlines of probably 30 different articles that all came out at the same time in different publications that all had some version of Christian, white supremacist, extremist, radical yep. in the headline. In the headline, they were all trying to create this perception, propaganda, again, of Christianity has a white supremacy problem. They were all titled things like that. Extremism, insurrection, Christianity. And they and they we know, like you're saying, Carter, we know who they mean when they when they say radicalized, they mean normal people who are not they mean Trump of, voters. Yeah, they do mean Trump voters, but they mean every normal single person. People. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Who, yeah. Yeah. They mean they mean Christians. They mean Trump voters. They mean uh, anybody who's not, like you said, not a part of this actually radical authoritarian agenda who doesn't get on board with it. It's like, you're, oh, well, you're a liberal. Do you think you're safe? No, they come after liberals too. They come after me. They come after Dave Rubin. They go after Brett Weinstein. They're censoring his videos. He's not even, a he's more than a liberal. He's a progressive. <laughs> they go after Jimmy Dore. He's a progressive. You're not safe. If you don't uh, get on I mean, board with their authoritarianism, they will come for you. Yeah, and th this is why, man, I, I, I'm not in a bad mood, but I feel like I'm I'm making pessimistic predictions. But this is why, like, this is what's going to happen. Because um, I saw there was some Fox News host yelling about um, some military commander who is pushing Ibram X. Kendi's book and saying he shouldn't do it. He should step down because it's racist, right? Here's Here's what's going to happen. We're going to have people like like that on Fox News and other establishment conservatives or right-leaning people complain about this. They're going to whine and complain, as we do. We're going to complain. We're going to criticize it. Um, and I guess it's nice we've registered our complaint with the universe. That's good. It's not going to stop. Um, it's not going to stop. We don't have enough clout. 
uh, power at, in any way. There's no power structure that we have control over. We don't have control over the media. We don't have control over the universities. We don't have control over governments. Like, it won't work. It won't stop. Just like everything else conservatives have been, you know, bitching about for the past 40 years. Every time they bitch about something, it doesn't stop it. It's not going to stop it. Um, it's just going to get worse. It's going to metastasize. Well, it's already metastasized. It's, it's going to kill the host. Um, and we need to be on a different host. That's why, I mean, I'm really interested in, in secession now because of that. Like, we need to get out. We need to get out. The ship is sinking. We need to get out. There is no saving it. There's just not. And Minda Vander um, at least says, read the French Revolution in chat. Couldn't agree more. I've been totally focused. I think I've mentioned this before, but I have a man crush on de Tocqueville. Uh, like, fantastic writer. French Revolution's got a lot to say about this. So, Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. I was just trying to think of a funny way to mispronounce de Tocqueville, but I couldn't think of one. So <laughs> to get it really wrong. De Tocqueville? Yeah. Yesterday I was getting a juice and uh, it, it, the one I got was called the ginger zinger, but it, it actually, I didn't realize it's the ginger zinger. Why would they do that to you? Make you mispronounce those words by putting them together. Anyway, sorry. Oh, I'm still, yeah, yeah. I'm still smarting over getting, calling Mises Mises. Um, wait, wait, can I just respond to something? Yeah, Someone in yeah. chat says running away won't help. It will follow us. I, no. Secession's not running away. So in any battle, you go back and you regroup and you fortify the positions that you can hold. This isn't like madly charging at the enemy with no rational like understanding of the strategy and tactics involved and your likelihood to succeed is suicide. That's not how you win. Sometimes the right way to win is to fall back to a fortress and defend it heavily. And that's what secession is. It's falling back to a fortress and defending it heavily. It's not giving up, it's not running away. Running away is moving to the woods, not worrying and just hoping that yeah. you can kind of live out your life and no one will bother you. That's running away, or I guess leaving the country altogether. Um, yeah. But that's not solving your problem. Secession's not running away. Secession is a, a strategically valuable move. It is moving back to, it's, it's moving back behind your lines, regrouping, building a fence, building a castle and defending it. That's what that is. Uh, I just want to read, well, actually before we read Super Chats, can I, can we pull up this new article I just sent you, Beverly, because this yeah. gets to the heart of, so we're reading the article about how Biden, they've, They've they've said they said that white supremacy is the biggest threat facing our homeland, which is a lie. That's straight up lunacy. That it's a lie that they unless want you to count CRT. <laughs> unless you count CRT, right? But that no, they, but yeah, which is white supremacy. But they don't call it that. But they want you to believe that. They want you to believe that boogeyman. And they've also said that they're now telling people to report their friends and family for having a radical views, which we know they mean uh, Trump supporters, conservatives, Christians, whatever. This illustrates that. This is a story that I saw. Um, uh, oh, gosh, what's his name? The Quartering covered this. And I had not heard of this guy. This is a popular video game creator. Scroll down so we can see the headline. Um, this is, five, okay, game over. Five Nights at Freddy's creator Scott Cawthon retires after fury 
over donations to Donald Trump. Dun, dun, dun. He made donations to Donald Trump, guys. This is what we're canceling people over now. This is what we're canceling people. So apparently a bunch of journalists, game journalists, game journalists, these kind of woke blue check marks decided to go after him because he's a conservative and a Christian and they did a bunch of hit pieces on him and an online mob formed. And then his family started getting harassed and death threats and all kinds of, you know, facing the mob with pitchforks. And so he finally, he just decided I'm retiring. I'm, I'm going to read some of this because this, this really bothered me reading it. Um, so it says <clears throat> the creator of the video game series, five nights at Freddy's has retired amid reports that he donated cash to Donald Trump's and Mitch McConnell's campaigns. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my gosh. He made a people political... who were elected by a majority in their districts. Yeah. At some point. Oh, like, okay. He made a political contribution. Oh my God. Scott Cawthon, 42 said he had now listen to this guy. Listen to the grace in his, in his statement. Scott Cawthon, 42 said he had had a quote, blessed, fulfilling and rich career end quote in a post to millions of fans announcing his retirement from professional gaming. Um, Quote, only 42. I know. He's, he, his career's over. Quote, I realize he's, so basically he says, uh, he's, he's, I love this dude. I don't even know him because he's taking something negative and a trial that, that is unjust and unfair. And he's trying to find the positive in it, which I love that. I love when people do that. And I love his response. He says, quote, I was in my mid thirties when I created the series and now I'm approaching my mid forties. I realized that I miss a lot of things that I got to focus on before Five Nights at Freddy's became such a success. I miss making games for my kids. I miss doing it just for fun. And I miss making RPGs, even though I stink at it. All of this to say that I'm retiring, end quote. What a positive way to look at what's happening to him. He goes, the 40, okay, the 42-year-old Texan faced mounting criticism after financial reports showed that he had made donations to the former U.S. president's campaigns who was kicked off Twitter for his involvement in the January 6th insurrection on the Capitol. Dun, dun, dun. Do you see what they just did there? They try to make, they try to make making a boring, normal political contribution to the candidate of your choice, who became president, by the way. They try to make that sound nefarious. <laughs> like... <laughs> This, this January 6th. I mean, you know, they've labeled the January yeah. 6th thing an insurrection, yeah. which is not. And we should talk about that because there's been some news there. Yeah. Uh, they kicked Trump off of Twitter for something that was undeserved because they basically don't like him. And they could get away with it because he wasn't yeah. president anymore. And he contributed to the campaign of the guy who won. Yeah. Uh, and so, then and then didn't win the second time, but actually didn't get an insignificant number of votes, got like more votes than he had pre the previous time, right? Previously. But but look how they do this. They create the narrative and then they use the narrative, the false narrative that they created to convict people in the court of public opinion. Yeah. It's like we're gonna call this an insurrection, even though it wasn't. We're gonna we're gonna make it sound like Trump did something awful that deserved him getting him being getting banned from social media. No, the social media companies did something awful. But we're gonna we're gonna stick with this narrative, and they state it like they're stating like gravity is the thing that he was he gave money to the president and the president the January sixth blah you know like what this is what a guy's being canceled for. 
He gave money to a guy Jack Dorsey doesn't like. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Like, what? The document, here we go. The documents also showed that Cawthon donated sums of cash to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Buh, buh, buh. Like, who cares? So, a guy who's a sitting senator. Right? It's like, we also found that uh, Cawthon enjoys mustard on his hot dog instead of ketchup. Buh, buh, buh. Like, yeah, what? Exactly. So, what? He voted for someone different from you. Get over it. He supported a different, the other political party. Get over it. Okay, the gaming heavyweight. They, you, you, they treat this like a moral thing, a difference of political opinion. Oh, you're a, you're a bad guy, right? Uh, the gaming heavyweight hit back at claims that he was supporting politicians bent on curbing LGBTQ plus rights a section of society that form a chunk of his fan base. So let me get this straight. He created a very popular and successful video game series that caters to LGBTQ plus community, but you're trying to convince me that he hates gay people. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Does, <laughs> does his, does his thing cater to LGBTQ? I don't know what this game is because it's interesting that they left off an adjective, a section of society that form a chunk of his fan base, a tiny chunk, a large chunk, an irrelevant chunk. Like I, I always think a de minimis chunk, chunk is something big, right? I, I don't know. There's no modifier there. It seems suspicious. I, but maybe the game is specifically for LGBTQ people. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the game. I'm just that's an odd one. Okay. Okay. So what okay. he says. Then listen the to this. Things. Listen to this quote. There's just listen to this and and strip away any uh, preconceived prejudices that they've put in your head. Right? He goes. Quote, I'm a Republican, I'm a Christian, I'm pro-life, I believe in God, I also believe in equality, and in science, and in common sense. Despite what some may say, all of those things can go together. That's not an apology or a promise to change. It's the way it's always been. End quote. There is well, nothing... Well, in fairness, he did not capitalize science. <laughs> You're joking. I don't like sarcasm like that. He he does... Well, I know. Too bad. But, he doesn't, he does, there's nothing wrong with that sentence at all. There's nothing wrong with that sentence. There's nothing controversial about that sentence. And yet we live in a world that wants to demonize someone just because what he says, I'm a Republican, I'm a Christian, I'm pro-life. That they, and, and this also, this part also made me mad, Carter. Look at that second sentence there. He says, I also believe in equality and in science and in common sense. You know what made me so mad about that? He shouldn't have to say that. He shouldn't have to say that, but because we live in a world where these cultists are putting up these stupid signs all over my neighborhood in Austin, these, in this house, we believe in science and uh, because you awful conservatives don't. I hate you. I hate you with your signs. I, I know that you're virtue signaling when you have those things. You're trying to tell people you're one of the good people. Do you know what I see? I want to vomit when I see those signs because you're telling me that you're in some cult and you're trying, you're on some moral intellectual high ground where you're pretending like Republicans don't believe in science. Republicans don't believe women's rights or human rights. Republicans don't believe black, black lives matter. Of course they do. Of course they do. You liar. I hate that. I'm sorry. This made me so, I, it's hard for me to put into words how mad that makes me, but he shouldn't have to say, I believe in science and equality. Of course he does. Of course he does. But they've, they've hijacked these things. That's why when you joke about, you know, science isn't capitalized, they've hijacked it. They pretend like they're the party of science. They're not, they're not. Science they're, is not, 
uh, something you believe in. I just, no, it's not. Like it doesn't. Clarify. It doesn't require your belief. It doesn't require your belief. It just requires reproducible results, reproducible results and transparent methodology. That's all science requires. I'm sorry. I, I, I got really upset about this and I, I was going to write about it because it made me so mad and I didn't write about it. So you're getting the brunt of my emotion, Carter. But no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, it just. Yeah. I mean. The, had, it's a common tactic down. on the left, right? And they've been doing this and they but they do this. They've done this in a less sophisticated way forever. But this is it's the common tactic where they they well, they say they take something that people should agree with and they say, well, I believe that. And then what's the implication? Well, the implication is that your political opponents don't. Right. I don't think we should rape and murder people. OK, well. Yeah. Like if you put a sign like that in your front lawn, like <laughs> I don't think we should do that. It's like, all right, well, good for you. Yeah. Right? That's a normal belief, but you're making it seem as if it's not a normal belief. You're, you're making, making it, it seem, seem like as if it's that, not normal. That belief is exclusive to your It's exclusive club. to you. Yeah, you're so gross. No, it's like I see those signs and we've joked about for a while when I see those signs, I think by the way, Daniel says I should clarify that I'm not serious about bombing something. I'm not, I didn't say bombing. I said vomit puke puke vomit i said i see those signs and i want to vomit <laughs> oh, I, I, I want I, to bomb it with the no that's what i want to do with this no no but a small bomb, bomb. vomit like a, with, a v, with a v you know um maybe just a you know like a cluster bomb or maybe just a carter's not being serious and i i i regret even reading this now because i really don't like that either i i, I don't want to get banned for no reason he's joking He's joking, guys. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Carter, there's no reason to give them the gun the gun to shoot us with. They're not gonna ban me for saying I want to blow up. Oh gosh. Okay. They're gonna ban me because like we're gonna misgender someone someday. That's a little we'll get in we'll get in trouble for something else. Right. Um, but please, let's but, just not I mean, there's no reason to be reckless. Um, oh my God, I'm not reckless. It's fine. Okay. It's okay. It's not reckless. We I play your Tom McDonald music videos, those get demonetized and we get complained about. That's reckless. We do it. It's okay. I'm gonna joke. That's not sometimes. the same thing. That's I know you're joking. I'm just saying that there's difference between playing a copyrighted song and saying something that they will use to shoot us with. That's all. Someday. <sighs> yeah. So we're, we're 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 done anyway. <laughs> Someone says I'm not joking. I tried to buy a nuke. I did not try and buy a nuke. Uh, I am joking. Uh, so. I'm going to take a break. I'll let you read some super chats. All right, let's read some super chats. Uh, let's see. Oops, there we go. Countess of Mon Countess of Monte Cristo, excellent name, says I would recommend Professor Sam Vaknin's videos about narcissism in our society. Richard Grannon talks about this a lot as well. I don't know those people, but that sounds interesting. Um, obviously, you know, we've been talking about. Um, the cluster B stuff because you know we've had Josh Slocum from Disaffected on the show a few times and that's uh it's certainly something that we're we've been talking about more and something that I'm interested in is is how the cluster B personality traits are manifesting in society as a whole. Um Pirate Tomsky says off to the gulags for you Yanks. Yep, we will go to the gulags. Don't worry. Uh Minnesota Black Road Regiment says I got her fired. It's my fault. Sorry Carter. Are you talking about uh the person i think you're 
talking about. I'm not sure who he's talking about, but I think he might be talking about a certain public official, which would be awesome. Uh, Mike Strickland from the Fencing Channel says, Steve Kirsch's take on the vaccine, alternate treatments, censorship, suppression of information is the best COVID-related thing I have ever read. And then he gives a link, uh, trialsitenews.com. Should you get vaccinated? Um, Let's see. Oops. Sorry, I lost the window. Here we go. The Gay Rascal says, idea, board game, Distopoly, with a memory hole chest and a get out of room 101 free card. (laughs) Uh, I'll Fight You Naked says, in the 80s, Fauci blocked treatment meds for HIV because Big Pharma thought they could make more cash by developing a vaccine. That sounds strangely familiar. Oh, I did not know that. I had heard something vaguely about his involvement, but interesting. We should say allegedly because we haven't done the research there. Uh, Steve LG says, my dude has three years left. Uh, My dude has three years left mill. I think you mean military, maybe? I had previously told him to stop telling his junior guys to stay in because the military has gone woke and berates them. As time has gone on, he's been on the receiving end and it is demoralized. Yeah. um, This is, I mean, they've taken over, they are in the process of taking over the military. Uh, as hard as that is to believe for a lot of, especially the older, you, know, you older generation who, um, you know, you're used to the military being full of people who are a little bit more liberty minded and or conservative or kind of there to protect the constitution. Um, that is, that is going away. Um, you know, le- leftist regimes have militaries too. There's no, there's no magical law of the universe that says because you're in the military, you naturally are. Uh, a certain way you care about individual rights or liberty that has been more true in America, but that's partly because our country has been more about individual rights and liberty. So that will change over time. And, um, the military will be used against you eventually. Uh, let's see. Christ says the scientific process, it's adversarial by design. Yeah, it is right. So the whole point of the scientific process method is, uh, you know, you come up with the theory and <laughs> and you try and validate or disprove it. And then you go back to the drawing board and make adjustments, right? Um, but without questions, um, then you can't have science. If you're not allowed to ask questions, you can't have science. So, you know, we, we're, we definitely have an environment right now where questions are not, are not okay. All right, I think, hey, I think I got through the Super Chats. Carrie's back. Uh, I think we're through the Super Chats, as far as I can tell. Um, and we should mention this thing because it's related to something else that you were talking about, Carrie. And I think Beverly, I sent you, maybe I didn't, I'll send you a link right now. Um, so there was an article that came out in revolver news. The article is by actually, I don't even know. It doesn't say the byline. Oh wait, no, it doesn't say the byline. I had the guy's name before he's been on the news a lot, but I haven't seen anything by line. Okay. This article is long and we don't have to go through the whole thing, but uh, let's get the ad thing off there. There we go. Um, The main thrust of this article is about January 6th. So if you will recall, um, the, the, the narrative right now 
is twofold. One is it's um, it was a failure of intelligence to obviously they're calling it an insurrection, right? And so it's a it's they're making it sound like it's something that's a big deal when it was less violent and less destructive than a typical BLM protest in Portland. But um, the, the narrative is there's a failure in intelligence. And so they, they couldn't have predicted this. And, um, and, and, that, and it's this kind of violent insurrection, right? An insurrection, not just like, you know, some vandalism and some anger and then, and then a bunch of people mostly not violent, just kind of wandering around after barricades have been removed by others. That's the, that's the kind of narrative here. And as this article says, there's been, you know, there's the one group of people who kind of were just there. Uh, and some of them are being charged unjustly, right? They're kind of just, they were there. They weren't, didn't really participate in anything, but they maybe walked, walked into the building after it had been breached and looked around, right? Kind of like tourists. And then there's the frontline people. And the frontline people were basically three groups, right? It was the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and the Three Percenters. Allegedly, this is the, this is the story. It's those three. And we're supposed to believe that they're, they planned all this on their own, they did all this on their own, and there was, a, there was no intelligence data about this. But as it turns out, this guy did some really interesting research, or this publication did some really interesting research looking at um, the number of unindicted co-conspirators. So this is a weird thing. As you, if you, if you look at the court documents, if you look at the, the charges, there's a bunch of people who are considered unindicted co-conspirators. And you might think, oh, well, these are just people, maybe those are some of the normies who are wandering around, but they didn't do anything, right? Um, that would make sense. But it turns out that actually quite a few of these, a lot of these seem to be um, people who did worse acts than some of the people being charged. Oh, yeah. And that raises a question, like, why, why, would, you, why would you not charge these people? Well, there's an answer why you might not charge them, if they're informants or they're undercover agents. Um, and there's, without getting into the details of this article, there is ample evidence to suggest that in all three of these organizations, there was a significant amount of FBI informants and undercover officers already infiltrated, which means two things. Uh, and some of these people were providing some of the, they're doing some of the key behaviors. We're providing some of the key things necessary to, to breach the Capitol. And it was like, they were not just there, but like actively, actively involved, like entrapment level active. And so this raises two questions. One is, how did they not have a lack of intel? If they were in there and they had all these informants and people, why don't they have the intel? And the second is more obvious, which is like, how involved were they actually? Did, did these groups do this all on their own? In fact, the three questions that this guy says that you should ask here, and you know, let me just, maybe Beverly can scroll to this spot, but I'll mm. read it over here. If you scroll down a little bit, right above 
that video right there. Here you go. The three, the three things, the three questions you have to ask. One, in the year leading up to 1-6 and during 1-6 itself, to what extent were the three primary militia groups, Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, and Three Percenters, that the FBI, DOJ, Pentagon, and Network News have labeled most responsible for planning and executing a capital attack on 1-6? To what extent were they infiltrated by agencies of the federal government or informants of said agencies? That's question one. Two, exactly how many federal undercover agents or confidential informants were present at the Capitol or in the Capitol during the infamous siege and what role did they play? Remotely passive informants or active instigators. And three, finally, of all the unindicted co-conspirators referenced in the charging documents of those indicted for crimes on 1-6, how many worked as confidential informants or as undercover operatives for the federal government? Those are questions that we don't have true answers to, but are worth asking um, because I'm not going to go running around yelling false flag, but there's something fishy here. Um, and this guy draws a parallel to the, the alleged kidnapping plot of the Michigan governor. Yeah. Do you remember that kidnapping plot? Yes. Yes. It, it turns weird. out, yeah, it turns out that of the 14 people involved, at least five of them were undercover agents in federal form. Wow. In the yeah. van, it was five people in the van. Three of them were undercover agents or informants. Um, and the guy that they try to pin it all on is like, like almost homeless and like, and the stuff that these guys did, I mean, let's just, they have been, they were integral in, I'll just read this as an example. The FBI appears to have been integral to the plotter's ability to carry out the scheme. The FBI, um, let's see, the FBI appears to have been, okay. The affidavit notes that for undercover agent, told the ringleader leader it would cost $4,000 to procure explosives. So they were the they brought the explosive expertise. Here's the here's the here's the leadership roles the FBI played in the in the plot, the quote plot to kidnap the Michigan governor. One, the plot's explosive expert, who the plotters were accused of planning to buy bombs from, turned out to be an FBI agent. The head of transportation for the militia outfit turned out to be an undercover FBI agent. The head of security for the militia outfit turned out to be an undercover FBI informant. At least two undercover FBI informants were actively participating in the initial June 6, 2020 meeting in which the plot to storm the Capitol buildings, they were going to first storm the Capitol before they changed their mind about uh, kidnapping her, um, was allegedly hatched, meaning that at least three FBI informants infiltrated the conspiracy before it even, even started. In one of the plot's climactic scenes in the main van driving up to look at Governor Whitmer's vacation home, three out of the five people in the van, 60% of the plot's leaders, were federal agents and informants. Yeah, which is so. Remember, yeah. remember this book that we read for book club, Max Blumenthal's "The Management yes. of Savagery." Okay, uh, he detailed this at, at so many times in the in the U.S. how the FBI would push along and encourage acts of terror and knowing not just knowing that these things were happening but pushing on and egging on so that they could get more money for counterterrorism efforts and so yes. presumably so they could make arrests if these people acted on something but uh this isn't surprising to me after reading that book um did you see that T tucker carlson he did a video did. about this I, I did. and okay so he did a video where he was basically talking about what was in this article and saying 
look, they didn't charge a lot of the people at the so-called insurrection. Why didn't they charge them? Could it be that a lot of a lot of the people they didn't charge were either informants or uh, undercover agents? And so Twitter, Twitter took it upon themselves. Twitter, a social media company, who gave them the who gave them the right, who told them to do this? Twitter took it upon themselves to put a little fact check on that video whenever it was shared because it went viral. And the little fact check says it was in the trending news section. Tucker Carlson. It says Tucker Carlson. Federal law does not permit cooperating witnesses or informants to be charged with conspiracy, despite a baseless suggestion by Tucker Carlson that some co-conspirators of the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol were not charged because they were undercover FBI agents. What's your reaction to that? I mean, that the, Twitter's basically saying, we agree. They're with kind of validating it, right? Yeah. They're like, well... They might not be undercover agents. They could be informants. <laughs> like, they could be. Uh, okay. And he didn't yeah. say they were necessarily agents either, I don't think. Um, no, they could they're be just informants. trying to throw shade like they do. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, by the way, Demon Slayer, this is why I was laughing earlier. Demon Slayer in chat says, he, he quotes one of my favorite villains, Hans Gruber, uh, and, and says, you ask for a miracle, and I give you the FB. I. <laughs> Thanks, Hans Gruber. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, here we are calling it an insurrection. Um, you know, you got to remember these agencies, these agencies are out of control. They need to justify their existence um, and they need to manufacture crimes. And that's and what they, they're doing, it appears to be. And they now need to investigate you. If your friends or family says, oh, Carrie's been red-pilled, she's speaking something radical. Really, what did she say that was radical? She voted for Trump this last time. <laughs> like, right. what? Well, to your friends and family, that might appear radical, given that you're a liberal and that the last time he was elected, you cried. But uh, I can assure you that's not a radical thing to do. Um, I'll fight you naked says you guys are missing something. Thank you for the super chat. I'll fight you naked. He says, I'll miss you guys are missing something. The left has spent five years declaring all non woke white supremacists and racist Nazis. Therefore a majority of the country are now considered a serious threat to the country. Yeah. Then we're not missing that. I'm on, I'm on board no, with you. I, yeah. I don't that's, think we're missing that. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what the, that's why that this new directive from Biden to Homeland Security that, you know, friends and family should start reporting each other like Stasi, that that's, that's why that's so concerning is what are they going to be reporting you for? They're going to be reporting you for things like that, like that video game creator. Oh, he's a Republican and he's a Christian. I'm turning him in, you know, <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, I mean, and this is how it's done, right? This is how you take over the country. This, you, you, you normalize your, way and you they you declare all your political enemies enemies of the state right which is essentially they're not using that language they're not saying enemies of the state necessarily but that's what they're doing they're just calling you when when critical race theory is ensconced in the state then enemies of critical race theory are enemies of the state and so that's what this is this is an ideological war they know it and the reason they want to prosecute people who wandered into the white house on January 6th, not the White House, the Capitol building on January 6th, 
even if they didn't do anything and they were stragglers and just kind of stepped on the property, the reason they want to prosecute is they they want to set examples. They want you to know that this will happen. Thinking to these things, being a Trump supporter, showing up at a rally, doing anything like you are you are an enemy of the state. So and from what I've read, I do think there there's stuff. I, I think there's stuff worth questioning in regards to January 6th and and the involvement of the federal government, because from what we heard, the the police presence wasn't what the, the, the security detail wasn't what it should have been. In some of the photos, they seem to be helping people inside the building <laughs> instead of keeping them out. Come on in. <laughs> Why? Why are they doing that? I don't know. Well, and it's they haven't released. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be clear. They also, if they, you know, these people that are invest, they're investigating, they're claiming they want transparency here. They haven't released footage. They've like tons of footage hasn't been released. And we don't it. know the names of these, these, some of these people. Like we still don't know the name of the officer who shot Ashley, uh, whatever her name was. Like Babbitt. we don't, Babbitt, we don't, we don't know any of the names. We don't know. We don't have any of the footage really. Um, it's, it's the opposite of transparent. Yeah. Uh, but they're claiming that they want this transparent investigation, but they don't mean they mean they want to see everything, but you don't get to see it. That's you their don't get idea. To see it. Do you want to do John Martin's? Uh, did that one just come in? Oh, Cole Wilson. Cole Wilson. Thank you for the $20 super chat says the Holy Church of secular progressivism controls our speech. Yeah, they do. Mothers are now, quote, birthing people. <laughs> Certain riots are, quote, insurrections, has left me speechless. Controlling words, controlling minds. Michael Knowles, book club, please. Uh, thank you for that suggestion. I haven't heard of that book, but I wholeheartedly agree. One of the things about social justice ideology that occurred to me when I was leaving it is that they are so focused on controlling your words, on controlling language, because that's how they control your thought. George Orwell wrote a lot about that. They, they control yeah, I mean, that was your one of the points thought. in 1984. Yeah. Right? yeah, by controlling your words. That's why that's so important. And just just to be clear, I let's talk about why that is for just a second. Um, you can't actually think in abstract terms without language. Language is what allows you to hang a a, a tag onto a a thought. So like you 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 have an idea, you need to label it somehow. And then you need to be able to combine those labels and create more abstract thoughts. You actually can't think the way we think without language. It's impossible. You, it doesn't have to be English. It could be any language, but you need you need to be able to label concepts and combine them and label that and, and label relationships between concepts. Like you need those labels to think. And so by corrupting that labeling system, they really do corrupt your ability to think oh yeah because you don't have the right labels you don't have the words to use to describe the things that they, that you want to describe this is why uh every time a a label hits too close to home they say it's offensive and they want you to stop using it right? this is why social yeah. justice warrior went from being the label that they loved to the label that they hated because it was starting to be used to identify who they were and what they believed and i just saw a thing the other day it was from uh, a conservative person it was uh Allison, is it Allison Stuckley or whatever her name is? I forget. Uh, she she called CRT a buzzword. It's not a buzzword, but like they're like they're. They don't want you to talk about it. I think she's falling victim to this. They're like because they're they're like, well, don't talk about the CRT thing. That's just a buzzword. That's just a 
that's just a thing that conservatives say. No, it's not just a thing that conservatives say. Conservatives never said it. Most conservatives had no idea that it was a term. It's been on the left, around the left for a long time. It's their thing. Yeah. But now that it's being identified, they don't want you to name it. And so- Same, it, same thing with social justice, yeah. Right, so it's controlling language. It's not just like a cliche to say like it controls thought or it's not just a, a, a it's not just a, a theory or whatever, like it does control thought. You can't it think does. without those labels. So think about one of their big lies that they do with language. So one of the first tenets of belief that they got me to accept, and they, they do, they push this on a lot of newbies, that one of the first things that they try to get you to accept is a redefinition of the word racism and sexism. So they teach you that racism is prejudice plus power, that you have to have power in order to be racist, societal power, group power, and you have to have power, societal power, institutionalized power in order to be sexist. So what does that do to your brain? What they're trying to get you to do with, so you make the obvious connection there, you infer there that it is impossible to be racist towards a white person because white people as a group supposedly have societal power and institutionalized power. It's impossible to be sexist towards men because men as a group have societal power. What this does in your brain, it gets you to, it gets you to normalize and to ignore racism and it gets you to ignore sexism if it's directed towards a particular race or if it's directed towards a particular sex. And then, and then beyond that, it stops you from thinking so that if you encounter something, let's say you hear about an awful policy at your local college. Let's, let's say you hear, this is in the news, that, that Asian, Asian students are having to score much higher on their SATs in order to be accepted, that, that they have different standards for Asian students and that they're discriminating. They're not judging them all equally, all students equally. They're looking at their race and saying, well, if you're Asian, then your score has to be way up here in order to get it to be considered. Um, on nor upon hearing that at first, you would think that's racist. You're treating Asian people differently. You're holding them to a higher standard because they're Asian, that's racist. What this ideology does is it stops you from thinking that because then it tells you, well, Asians, in this context, Asians are one of the ones where they contradict themselves because they try to tell you that they have, they uh, benefit from systems of whiteness. And so they have societal power like white people. And what is it? Close proximity to whiteness is what they call it. And so they, then you go, well, uh, it's actually impossible to be racist, okay, towards Asian people in education because they do so well there already, Asian people as a group. So your individual friend who's being discriminated against because because he's Asian, well, that's not actually racism, right? That's prejudice, and that's okay because it's not racist because Asians as a group, forget your friend as an individual, but as a group, have a lot of power in the academic, you know, academic world. That's what that's really what they get your so your brain ceases to be able to think. Think about all those gymnastics your brain is going through, and you just stop that you're like, okay, well, it can't be racist. Right. I, I trying to explain that but yeah they short circuit your mind yeah think about Completely. think about if you took a piano like an electric piano and you remapped all the keys to be like just the note c and d sharp and then like you can't actually play things and like you can't there's very limited things you can play because the notes have been remapped that's what that's what controlling language is 
it's remapping the notes. So you can't actually, unless you break out of that, and someone in chat pointed out correctly, if you want to argue with these people, you got to reject their definitions, right? You, you have to reject their definitions because this, it's structured in such a way that you can't, can't win yeah. if you accept their definitions. That's yeah. why those are their definitions. So, um, all right, let's do some more super chats. John Martin gave us 50 bucks. Thank you, John, and says, GK, he's quoting GK Chesterton from 1924, quote, the whole modern world has divided itself into conservatives and progressives. The business of progressives is to go on making mistakes. The business of conservatives is to prevent the mistakes being corrected. <laughs> That's pretty accurate, I think. Uh, why bother? Gives us 50 euros and says, I have a master's degree in technology with Soviet-based curriculum. Now I'm pursuing math degree in the UK based university remotely. 100% technical curriculum. Almost a year in, I suddenly understood how inferior Soviet one is. I'm amazed. Preserve. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Marby Dog made me laugh. Marby Dog gave us a super chat. It says, 1619 wasn't the start of slavery in America. It's the score that Asians must receive on their SATs to get into Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. did the SATs still only go up to 1600 or did they yeah. change now? Okay. Uh, oh, I don't know if they changed it, but yeah. <laughs> well, when we were kids, yeah. Yeah. Um, why bother says, I mean, interior in studying methods, oh, inferior in studying methods and approachability of the materials by the students. Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, pedagogy, uh, the whole discussion of pedagogy is another thing that we could we could talk about another day. But um, yeah, we're pretty bad in the US now. It's hard to imagine that it's worse. But I guess it can be worse. I guess it is worse elsewhere. So thanks for that. Um, all right. Let's see. I've got something I that's just kind of I haven't actually looked at this. But I, I've, I've briefly looked at it, but I know some people, including Beverly, is that she's going to appreciate this. I'm not a huge fan of Tolkien. Don't get mad at me. Oh. Everyone has their thing. He's not, you know. I find the books kind of boring. I don't what? just not a fan. I, of I read them in school. I remember really enjoying them, but it's been a long time. Yeah, so I'm not, but I have respect for you know people like Tolkien I get it um and there's certainly a lot of creative uh someone says orcs are in the chat for me yeah sorry but uh, I don't think this should be done to Tolkien Beverly do you see the the link can you pull this link up <gasps> Gary pulled it up prematurely <laughs> so it's the Tolkien Society Summer Seminar 2021 this is going to go from July 3rd to 4th this year. Would you like to hear for the topics? Here's the program. Scroll down, Beverly, for the wonderful program. Here we go. Summer seminar. At Gondor in transition. A brief introduction to transgender realities in The Lord of the Rings. Uh, the problem of pain portraying physical disability in the fantasy of J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> The burnt hand teaches most. I'm going in order, by the way. Yeah, I'm not cherry picking. The burnt hand teaches most about fire. 
applying traumatic stress and ecological frameworks to narratives of displacement and resettlement across cultures and Tolkien's Middle-earth. The Invisible Other, Tolkien's Dwarf Woman and the Feminine Lack. Projecting Indian myths, culture, and history into Tolkien's worlds. The Losoth, Indigeneity, Identity, and Anti-Racism. The problematic perimeters of Elrond Half-Elven and Ronald English Catholic. Oh my god, how can you not be mocked for this? Harkening to the other. Athrabeth, Finrod, and Andreth. That is the entire program for Saturday, July 3rd. That wasn't uh, cherry picking. That was Sunday. everything. Look at it Sunday. Uh, Picks up Sunday. where that left off. Pardoning You want to read Sunday? Yeah, Go the, ahead. Qu the queer in Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. Uh, desire of the Ring, an Indian academic's adventures in her quest for the perilous realm. Oh, God. That's like, hello, captive audience. Um, queer atheists, agnostics, and animists. Oh, my. That's a, that's a headline. That's a title of a session. Uh, hidden visions, iconographies of alterity. I don't know that word. Alterity in Soviet block illustrations for the Lord of the Rings. Uh, questions of caste in the Lord of the Rings and its multiple Chinese translations. Uh, stars less strange an analysis of fan fiction and representation within the Tolkien fan community. Well, that's just going to be a bunch of porn. Uh, something <laughs> mighty queer destabilizing cis hetero. I'm mad. I'm mad. <laughs> what the hell is a model normativity? I don't know what that is. A matter normativity in the works of Tolkien. Destabilizing cis hetero. A matter normativity. A matter normativity in the works of and, Tolkien. Okay, here we go. A matter normativity is a term coined by Arizona State University philosophy uh, professor of philosophy Elizabeth Brake to capture societal assumptions about romance. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> Something mighty. Cool. Year. Okay, and then the last one, translation as a means of representation and diversity in Tolkien's scholarship and fandom. If you look up above, they have a thing here, too, that says uh, summer seminar Tolkien and diversity call for papers. And it's this whole thing about diversity and Tolkien and representation is now more important than ever. That's a real sentence. It starts that way representation is now more important than ever representation in a series about elves and dwarves and and you know my precious this representation hobbits there's not enough hobbits we know that there are 12% hobbits in the world and i didn't count 12% of the film stars being hobbits uh anyway Papers. It's it's basically it's a call for papers, and it has to be all about identity and diversity. Representation. Tolkien's okay. Papers may consider, but are not limited to representation in Tolkien's works: race, gender, sexuality, disability, class, religion, age, etc. All the usual suspects in this in this evil belief system that we where we break everything down into what identity groups you're in and make everything about treating people differently on the basis of those groups you know put everything through this framework put on those glasses and go watch lord of the rings can you imagine watching lord of the rings with someone who has this ideology it would be so 
hard to watch it because they would suck the joy out of all of it. I was that person for a long they time. They suck the joy out of everything, don't they? They're joy suckers. I, I mean, I to say we've lost the cultural war, I really just need to point to this. It's the Tolkien Society. This isn't like radical leftists for Tolkien. This is the Tolkien Society. That's yeah. what this is. I mean, I. it's over. <laughs> we need to separate. Like, you can't. You need a different token society. You need you need to recreate this stuff. This is not. It it's over. They've yeah. they've taken over the Lord of the Rings to this extent. I mean, I find it. I what I find fascinating about this isn't that there's one or two things. It's that the whole thing. Everything is about this. I mean, yeah. This is why you know all the the geeks and gamers, Nerdrotic, all those guys, Hill versus ba uh, Babyface, Comics Division. Those guys that we we uh, chat with sometimes, and this is why I think what they're doing is so important because they're pushing back in pop culture side of culture, and they're pushing back when it comes to uh, fantasy and comics and. Uh, sci-fi and adventure and all uh, they're trying to push back in this realm and say listen to what the audience wants the audience doesn't want your religion your woke religion they just want good entertainment and they want good stories and it's got to be so frustrating if you're a lord of the rings super fan and you're used to going to these kind of conventions and you're so excited and you're going there you know to get your elf on or whatever and you you're and 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 you get there and then you're met with this kind of preaching. It's like, I didn't, I wasn't coming to church. Like I, this is my Lord of the Rings convention. I get, the, I only get to come here once a year, you know, it's like, and you're going to preach at me in my sacred fun frivolity place, you know, like, gosh, ah, uh, nothing, not, they leave nothing. They leave nothing from fun. They leave nothing fun. No, because fun is oppressive. Because if you're fun, it means that you're not like that. The whole their whole narrative is that good people are constantly oppressed and struggling, and it's the oppression and struggling and hardships that make you a good person. And someone who's successful, fun, happy is necessarily in the oppressor class. That's just part of what it is. Yeah. So if you find joy in things, that's uh, you're an oppressor. That's that's enough evidence to suggest that you're the oppressor. Um, because life is so difficult for the oppressed that they couldn't possibly find joy in anything, um, and and therefore you're on the you're the bad side. Yeah. Um, it's like I just want to okay. go be Legolas. Like, can I just be Legolas this weekend? And they're saying, no, we need to talk about your identity as an oppressor. Like, no. Right. It's like. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Tax Terra says J.R.R. Tolkien's son Christopher ran the Tolkien estate and kept all this crap at bay. He died last year and can no longer quash the madness. That's a shame. Um, wow. That's, too bad he I didn't did hand it over that. to an anti-woke person. To, I, look, I don't even like Tolkien, and I'd be, I'd be a better administrator of the estate at this point. Like, I wouldn't let this happen. I'd be like, I don't know what's going on, but just talk about you know orcs and stuff, and not this stuff. Uh, yeah. And what's another one? Mr. Biggles. Mr. Biggles. You want that Hi, one? Hi, Mr. It. Biggles. It's been a while. He says, surprise, surprise for the Tolkien Society that they didn't have, quote, dildo baggins. <laughs> That's next year. 
Dildo Baggins, the true lord of the sea rings. Uh, wait, thank wait, you did for you, that. Wait, did you I just... was going to add a word, but I didn't. Yeah. Look, a dirty it took me a porn moment. word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it took me a moment. I think that's all. Preacher girl. No, Here. you got you got little ragamuffin there waiting for you. Oh, hi, little ragamuffin. I don't see it. Oh, there it is. Oh, thank you, lady. She says, redefining language. Language and math are the building blocks of life. God spoke us into existence. DNA is the longest word known to us. Kovacs is literally rewriting DNA. My random thought of the day. Also, freedom. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. Uh, and then we also have RR says, when YouTubers are asked, how can people speak up without being fired? The answer is always a generic, well, you have to speak up. Okay, but that doesn't solve the fear of speaking up and ending up canceled and homeless. Thank you for this. Actually, can I address this? This is, I think this is important. This this will continue to come up. It's come up before. Um, I don't know if you've ever asked us that before, but one of the things we've always said but is- People have. So, people have yeah. asked us that. And, and we usually say, I, not everybody has to speak up in the same way. And- you know, Carter and I both quit our jobs to some degree. I, he still works some in some capacity in some of what he used to do, but not not the, to the same degree. And I left entertainment, and we we have somewhat uncancelable lives right now, so that we can do this show. And I don't have to worry about losing my career because I already walked away from it, so I could do this. And so, but not everybody has to do that. Some people have kids and some people have everybody has a different context and so i think what's really important though for you health wise for you as a human is to start say start speaking truth to whatever degree you feel comfortable doing at first because it's better for you it's not good to swallow all of your real thoughts it's it i think it's bad for your health i know a friend who she physically started losing her voice Physically, it's like a psychosomatic thing that happened because she was strangling herself and she was censoring herself. And so even if it's just a conversation with a friend or a family member or someone, even if it's just saying, I'm really afraid to in this conversation, this dinner conversation, but I'm going to try and say what I believe here and say it in love. Take those chances, take those risks once in a while. They don't all have to be huge risks. They can be little ones at first, because I think you'll find the more that you do it, the more secure you feel doing it, the more secure and comfortable you will push back. You walk. It's not about not being afraid. It's about walking through the fear, being afraid and going through anyway to the other side of it. In whatever way you can, it doesn't have to be starting a podcast or whatever. It doesn't have to be running for office or running for city council or Everybody can do something different. You can just, those personal conversations mean more in some cases. So yeah. that, did you look I do like, think it's unhealthy to not speak your mind. I do think it's unhealthy to stifle yourself. I, I it totally is. Agree with that. It's unhealthy. Um, and here's a, the truth that you might not like, RR, is uh, sometimes life sucks and you're given two horrible options. And those options might be keep your mouth shut, thereby destroying your own integrity, health, and and whatever, as long as you can until you get canceled anyway for some thing you didn't even mean to do. 
uh, or until they're stuffing you on a box car because you didn't fight, or find a way to speak up and take the consequences. Like, I'm not sure that that's your case, and I'm not sure we're that far along quite yet, but there's no, there's no rule in the universe that says there's a good option for your life at this time. Sometimes there's not a good option. Sometimes you have two really shitty options that you have to choose from, and that's your life, and that sucks. Um, I would suggest choosing the option that you know will maintain your integrity. That's the option that I choose. Um, and, you know, if, if it's going to take a while, if you're worried about ending up homeless or canceled, okay, spend some time laying out what a life would look like in, you know, think about what you could transition to to be a little bit less cancelable. Think and spend some time laying out the path for yeah. that option to be there for you so that you don't have to just suck it up day in and day out for the next three decades because it will destroy you. And you're not living, if you're not living as yourself, you're not living anyway. Um, so, you know, I, it's a hard truth to say, but like, maybe there's not a good answer. Maybe the reason that YouTubers say you got to speak up is they know that there's just no, there is no answer here. There's no magic like, this is how you speak up without worrying about blah, blah, blah. And there's no, this is how you don't speak up, but still have your integrity. It doesn't yeah. happen. Moons of Madness says, sometimes the only choices you have are bad ones, but you still have to choose. And so that's a quote from Doctor Who. Oh, I love there your you little go, doc Doctor, Who. Doctor Who avatar. Welcome. I used to love Avatars. Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... The other thing is that, like you, like you're saying, Carter, people need to at least take steps to make themselves more uncancelable. Christopher Gorey in chat said, "Carrie, you're always cancelable." I know to some degree, right? I mean, I know I can be pilloried and all that stuff. I can be targeted, but what I mean by uncancelable is, I tried to get rid of without even realizing I was doing it. I was trying to get rid of things that I would be afraid of them taking from me. So if you have built a, a career and you are putting everything in that career and it's like, look at this fancy, shiny thing that I have, you know, I, what I worked in entertainment. I made a lot more money doing that than I do what I do doing what I do now, which is gig jobs. And then I was trying to do this show, but, but I have so much more freedom now. I wouldn't go back to that for anything. But I was afraid when I had it, I was afraid of losing it. When I had it, I was afraid of losing it. The prestige, you know, people look at you and say, oh, look, oh, you're successful. You do this thing, right? Why? It's it's that Bible verse I talked about earlier that Paul talked about. It's dung. All that stuff is dung. It's meaningless. It really is meaningless at the end of the day. It buys you more, uh, what, access, pleasures in, in some ways. But it also, a lot of times, people who achieve all that worldly success, it, it, uh, the, it, it it opens them up to other problems. Like I know so many people I, who no no wait just let me finish that thought. I'm not I'm not denigrating it. I'm just saying we we tend to look at these things as always being a good thing, and it's not always a good thing. And then and when people get something, Jordan Peterson has a story about uh, that he wrote about this guy who's on a path who gets stopped by this troll who offers him a giant ruby, and he takes the ruby and. It's a heavy ruby and it, it's encumbered, it, you know, and so he's, 
it's cumbersome. And so he starts walking with this, this heavy thing and a friend walks by at some point and says, Hey, I'm going back to school to get such and such degree. Would you like to come with me? And he's like, Oh, I would love to, but I have this huge, beautiful Ruby and I can't do that. You know? And so he keeps walking. And a few years later, another friend comes by and is like, Hey, I'm going to go start a small business. Would you like to come with me and start this business with me? And he's like, I would love to, but I have this beautiful Ruby. This that's very valuable thing. I can't put it down. So, you know, you go do that. And he keeps putting all this importance on this Ruby that he's lugging around. And he's really upset that his friends aren't noticing anymore. Like what a beautiful Ruby it is. And long story short, I'm paraphrasing, I'm butchering the story, but at the end he realizes it's when he sets it down, it's just a rock. It wasn't a Ruby. The troll tricked him. It was just a rock. And the, and the troll said, if you had just set it down, you would have seen that it was a rock, but you cared so much about what other people thought that you're like, I can't set this Ruby down. And sometimes people hold on to things like, like that book, The Devil Wears Prada. She didn't want to quit that job, even though it was toxic and her boss was awful. Why didn't she want to quit that job? Huh? <laughs> you didn't I, read the book? Of course I did not read that book. I, I <laughs> okay. know that that needs to be stated. <laughs> well, in the book, she didn't want to quit the job. Why? Because she had this, it's a Ruby. Look at this beautiful Ruby I have. And the world measures that as success, right? And I'm working for this famous person and I'm making money, presumably, whatever. And I don't want to set it down, but it's killing me and I hate it. and It's making me miserable, but I don't want to set it down. Why don't you set it down? If you set it down, you'll see it's just a rock. And, and, and that's all, I, that story was very meaningful to me. It helped me, it helped me walk away from my career because it was like, oh, I don't actually enjoy this anymore <laughs> like I don't want, why would i kill myself doing this and i can't say what i want to say i have no freedom i'm afraid of this thing being taken from me and being canceled right like so set it down walk away from it i don't know yeah i just wanted to clear up what i believe is a false dichotomy about money uh or or, or a, a, mis a misunderstanding of money um money does help with your problems Absolutely. Yeah, and anyone it does. who tells you that money doesn't help is just lying. Money absolutely helps. I mean, it, <laughs> money is is a resource. It, like it totally helps. It's not a ruby. Like it's not a burden, unless and, and this is the this is the kicker. Money doesn't give you meaning. No. It doesn't provide purpose. So if you have meaning and purpose, and in the pursuit of that meaning and purpose, you end up wealthy good for you. Money doesn't provide the meaning and purpose, but you already had it and it just opens doors for you. And it's mm -hmm. great. If you don't have meaning or purpose, and, and you and you substitute money as your purpose, you will be disappointed when you get there, because it doesn't give you your purpose, right? right. It's just empty. So the resources are worthless without the meaning and purpose. And I think a lot of people mistake chasing money for chasing money's sake and the expectation that that will provide meaning and purpose. And often I hear the counter argument to that people saying, well, money's bad for you. It does all these bad things. That's also not true. Money's great, but you need meaning and purpose first. Then it's great without meaning and purpose. It doesn't help you. And it may in fact make you miserable because because in you the get wrong to hands. the end of this thing yeah. and you're like, I spent all this time amassing this and it actually, I expected happiness and it didn't come. That's depressing. Yeah, that was the same thing. I saw the same thing happen working in entertainment where I would have a client who would, who would say, okay, once I get a TV show, 
I'm going to be happy. Once I get a book deal, I'm going to be happy. And then these things would come and they would be more miserable than before. And they would be more abusive to the people around them than before. And they would be more negative and toxic to be around. Why? Well, it was because they were, they were looking at these achievements, these access, money, fame, whatever. They were looking at that as meaning as a substitute for meaning. Once I get this thing, I will be happy. No, you're still you. If you don't have meaning and purpose already, like that, like you're saying, Carter, that's not going to give it to you. And you're actually probably going to end up more unhappy because now you've got that thing and you're like, wait, why am I not joyful all the time? Because it's not to be found in that achievement, you know? Right. Right. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people who don't have meaning or purpose, um, and but just have a lust for money for money's sake denigrate successful people and yeah. say well money's evil and those are rich bastards and blah 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 blah, 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 blah. like they there's a lot of because it's just jealousy and it's yeah, just anger they and they don't have it. purpose but they want it because they think it'll give them purpose and some of those rich people might actually be miserable because they put money first but some of them aren't i know i know several wealthy people who just really loved what they were doing and it worked out well. And now they have yeah. a lot of money and like, and hopefully they're, them, they're gr- right. Hopefully they can flip around the world and do whatever they want. And like, they're still doing the things that, that have meaning to them. They're not, you know, they're not depressed. So yeah, that's all. Marie Busky says, swear jar. I hope you got the parcel and pen Carrie. Yes. I wrote you back this morning. Thank you so much. She sent me a beautiful wedding gift with lots of delicious chocolate and some vintage books, which are really cool mm-hmm. and a vintage songbook for people with low voices. Cause she, I guess she could tell I have a low voice. I need the low voice songbooks. I, I'm like, if I, if I do uh karaoke and it's a Johnny cash and June Carter cash song, I'm going to do the Johnny cash part and the guy can do the June cause I can't do the high. <laughs> anyway, thank you Marie for the low voice songbook. And oh, and the the pen. I'll show you what it is. Hold on. You read another one. I'll be. All right. Christopher Gorey says it takes everybody. Many are scared to lead, and that's okay. There's no shame in being a follower. Everything helps. That's maybe that's a re, um, response to the question from RR. Um, and of course, that's true. And I do recommend an outlet um, while you're trying to get your life set up so that you can be a little bit more uncancelable. You should at least have a few people in your life that you cultivate those relationships where you can speak your truth because otherwise you'll just burst g-man says agree on lord of the rings carter why does every person horse and sword need to have a different name for each race the story is good but the telling is clunky yeah that's how i feel about lord of the ring i feel like this brings the story i feel like the overall story is good but it takes way too long to get there and it's like overly descriptive of things that i don't care about but i know a lot of people really love that so you know that's cool um you gonna show a pin carrie you're not. We can't hear. Yeah, you. Marie sent me this. There we go. Oh, sorry, Down. I can't see where oh. it's at. Oh, right there. over your face. There you go. Uh, it says swear it jar. Say? A swear jar. Nice. <laughs> nice. And look, this old vintage book for the uh, low voice. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. There's actually um, a lot of hymns in there I'd never even heard of. Very old ones. Oh, is it all religious? It's all hymns. Yeah. Uh, all right. Pyrotomsky says, another thing you can do is help to stop 
funding woke people. Oh, great point, Pirate Tomsky. Start funding people who you actually agree with and are pushing back. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Um, thanks for bringing that up. Countess of Monte Cristo says, this is why I think stoicism would help a lot of people lead more emotionally and mentally stable lives. Meditations by Marcus Aurelius is a good read. And I think, I think that's it for the Super Chats. I think we got through them all. Well, yep. I've really enjoyed hanging out with you after we take a break. It's been good. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we took some good photos when Carter was here in Texas and a couple of photos. And, uh, oh, RR gives us a super chat and says, thank you for the thoughtful reply. I just wanted to say I do have a purpose and a dream, but I'm also a single parent in a precarious financial situation. Mm. Yeah, I get that. That's tough. I absolutely right? get that. You have more considerations, you know, than someone like me. When I left my career, I did. You know, I don't have a kid. It, I, I just had to yeah. figure out how to feed myself. It's like, well, can I work retail? Can I move to a place that's cheaper? Can I do whatever? Yeah. Uh, right. Everybody's different. And obviously, depending on your situation with your kid, you I mean you can still think about moving or doing different things, and or still think about uh, supplementary income. There's a uh, Anti Fragile is a good book by Nassim Taleb. Uh, if you're interested, generally, this is more practical. But if you're interested, generally, in um, he, he didn't write it with the idea of being uncancelable, uh, because it was prior to the cancel culture being so popular, but it's still a really good read about, um, how to, how to build, um, income streams and your life in a way where, um, you are what he calls anti-fragile. So when things upset the system, you actually do well. So when there's like a, a change, uh, when there's a disturbance to the system, an economic crisis or this or that, or something happens, you actually do well. Um, and I, I would recommend that if you, if you're interested. All right. I think we finally made through all the super chats. Uh, let me just double check. <laughs> Thank you, Marie Busky. Uh, all right. I think we're done. We're good. Carrie. Oh, we will be back on Monday. Um, just the two of us. And then I'm heading out to Porkfest after that. I don't actually know if we're doing a show next Friday. Maybe we can try, maybe, from Porkfest. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. (laughs) I just keep you on your toes, Carter. (laughs) Keep me somewhere. Um, All right. Oh, as a reminder, uh, I said this at the beginning, but if you missed it, I put three. There's, I put inventory for three more things for the retreat in August on our website. I'll go to unsafespace.com if you're interested. There's one more room for a couple, and there's two more single beds, one for each gender, basically. And yes, there are only two genders at the Unsafe Space retreat. So um, <laughs> you can. Uh, sorry. Uh, you bigots. You, you, I know. So you can go there uh, if you want. and uh, But then I think that's it. There's plenty of day passes. I think we basically have unlimited supply of day passes. But for those things, uh, that's what we got. All right. Carrie, congratulations again, Mrs. Thank Garcia. You. Thank you. I'm just and, really uh, happy. So <laughs> That's great. I can tell. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. So. Cool. I got All really right. excited. Can I tell you one funny married li- oh, life sure. thing? We mm-hmm. uh, were able to buy a freezer with our Home Depot cards, and we were both so excited. <laughs> and, and he was like, I think I'm in a new stage of life where 
I'm like, we're getting a new freezer. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> Did you get one of those uh, um, (laughs) cabinet freezers for deer meat? Uh, It's a pretty, it's a tall, it's a deep freezer. It's what my grandma used to call a deer freezer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, With the the opens the chest freezer. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But we actually, anyway, yeah, we got one, but it's a tall one. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. By the way, the John Beck says, congrats. Thank you, John Beck. So, um, anyway, and someone else. Oh, I'm actually joking. If you are actually legitimately a trans person who wants to come to the trip you just need to tell us which room you would be in normally. oh yeah um, so yeah i'm kidding well, well trans people are they're transitioning from one gender to another they still believe in just like two genders right that's what i'm saying so you just you'd have right. to choose accordingly so if if you're not someone said that got oppressive i'm like i'm not I was, i'm joking but yeah somebody says there's gonna be 16 19 beds 1,619 yeah, beds. I don't know. Not that many beds. Eight uh, buggets. Okay. Anyway, we're just we're just wasting time now. You guys, yes. thank you for hanging out with us. You can go to unsafespace.com if you want to support the show financially or if you want to find out about our uh, book club, which is free to join and participate. We're reading Catch-22 this month. And also you can go to the retreat page if you want to find out about the retreat in August. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you later. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms. Well, mostly. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. The following co-conspirators will report to the Enrichment Center immediately to receive a surprise. I am disappointed that you are still watching. I have made a note of this failure in your record. Experts agree that critical race theory is not a deadly neurotoxin. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks at the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.